He shoots, he draws is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com backslash switch. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. And it's a little bit of a special one this time because we've gone international. We're currently, I'd like to say we're currently sat in a high-end studio in L.A., recording this episode but instead but in we're reality, sat in our room we're sat in, in our room <laughs> <laughs> looking out over the traffic for those who are just joining us uh, i'm dave clayton and um as always the show won't be the same without him because <laughs> it would just be called he draws uh glenn jewish hello, hello mate oh, hello mate how are you well <laughs> <laughs> let, i'll pre- i'll pretend we're having this conversation like we've met for the first time we've actually spent a whole week together here at adobe max yeah which is the normal thing for us because when we go away to these events we do tend to travel together and we room together. Yeah. Not because we're looking to save companies any money, but it's just because it makes it more fun. Yeah. We, we come back in the evenings, we have a good laugh. And uh, and what was cool about this week was, uh, I know this sounds like all romantic, but um, we actually celebrated our eight years of meeting here at Adobe Max. <laughs> <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Right. Feels so much... Much, so. much longer. Yeah, so like you say, we are here at um, Adobe Max. The function's actually finished now. This is the Friday. We've been here, well, I've certainly been here since uh, Friday of last week. Yeah. Uh, I know on the Sunday, you were kind of involved in a pre-conference class all day. Yeah, I did that with uh, Nick Sambrato of Mama's Source and Clark Orr of Hellcats, which was brilliant because I've just, through my job, I've got into screen printing, like learning about screen printing, and this was the first time I actually got to do it and learn about it. It was really interesting, cool. fascinating. It went so quick as well. But yeah, yeah. That, that's so Max have two days of pre-cons, which is normally the, the first two days, and then they have three days of the actual conference. So. Yeah, because it kicked off on the, the, I guess the main event, if you like, was starting from the Monday. That's right. And that's when I had my first session. Yep. So you have sessions and labs. And sessions, I guess, are what people would normally expect to kind of see when they come to these kind of places where you've got the main presenter on the stage and you sit and watch and you sit and watch yeah and you get like you know hopefully you get like a download so you can get all the assets and stuff like that and you might get some notes you also have labs which is where which is what blows me away with this place because bear in mind there's like fourteen thousand people here yeah. uh you can go into these labs which are longer longer kind of um teaching sessions yeah but everybody gets to sit in front of a computer as well and follow yeah. along so and some sessions they were they issued ipad pros yeah uh, and apple pencils some sessions they had wacom tablets and yeah. pens and you had all the equipment you needed to follow along the course and learn what you needed to learn which is yeah. why max is max yeah you know? so it's been it has been an incredible event i did a session monday then another session on wednesday and I, I kind of I know that we made some notes before we started talking about this, but one of the things I wanted to say about this event, although it is, I guess it's kind of marketed as a designer's event, really. We think about it; it's not really an event for photographers. No. But I'm I'm going to be leaving here today. When we fly out later on, sort of earlier on this afternoon, I am absolutely fired up to get home and get cracking with some more stuff because it's just a case of just being around creative people. Yeah. Although it's not photography, although I did get to hang out with a friend, you know, our friend Joel Grimes. He was here doing some stuff. And what I learned from him, and also Alan Hess, our mate, was yeah. stood with us. We both watched what Joel was doing. We were like, 
boom, mind completely blown with something Joel was doing. So I know I want to get back and have a look at how I can bring that into my workflow. Yeah. But I'm desperate to get back and get cracking now. And when you think as well, like the photography community is huge. Yeah. And there are lots of big events. But when you think this event was, you know, it was probably averaging out at about 14,000. 14,000 creative people. Mm. I think I heard someone say probably around 3% were out-and-out out photographers and the rest was the creative industry, which isn't just graphic design. You know, there's web, there's UX, UI. There's so many, there's the print. There's so many other uh, facets of the industry yeah. where all these people come together. And like Glyn was saying, you have the sessions, you have the labs, you have pre-cons. Then they have a big community pavilion as well, uh, which was huge. And they have all the vendors there. And you can go along and you chat to the vendors and there's sessions. And you just cut, you, you always come away learning something about yeah. someone else's industry that yeah, actually yeah, yeah. helps your own way of thinking it doesn't have to be i learned how to build a website but i learned how that person deals with an issue or runs his business or, or software or things that he uses to help yeah. him i've got so much out of this this particular uh, event this time this is my second time being at adobe max i know this is your third it's time my third, yeah but this alone the things i got obviously catching up with joel was, was brilliant hanging out with alan and other people we'll talk about in a short while yeah but the keynote speaking my god that we had ron howard Old, you know, was it uh, Richie Cunningham? Richie Cunningham from, you know, yeah. obviously movie director, big time movie director. He was amazing on stage. I, you know, it was worth coming out just for that. Yes. But also there was Albert Watson. Now, I've got an Albert Watson. He's a photographer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, he's a legendary photographer. Been around since like the 60s. You know, he's photographed all the greats. He now, he's from Scotland originally. He's now lived in America since I think he said 1976. Yes. Now, that's a name that I'd known about. But it was never somebody that was really on my radar of somebody I thought, yeah, I love what they do. But I was completely blown away by his presentation on stage. And he talked about problem solving. Yeah, he, he if, didn't even mention, you said this afterwards, yeah. he didn't even mention the brand of camera he uses or anything. No. It was all about... His work spoke yeah. for it. His, his problem solving, his creativity, the way he was, he said, like he learned from other people. And there was one where he said about Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, he had these amazing pictures of Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. And he yeah. was talking about turning up on set and he was assigned a task, but he decided it just didn't seem right. And he worked with Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, if you look online and say, just type in Albert Watson, Alfred Hitchcock, and look at the picture of him with the goose, but look at the other pictures, his expression. Like you said, he never mentioned the camera once. He never yeah. mentioned lighting equipment. This was purely about this was creativity, and ha and how and he, and one thing I know I was sitting next to Glenn <laughs> and we're watching him and and Albert had been at the photography show but because of me working there I wasn't able to go and see him so I knew who he was a bit like David Bailey yeah yeah I know they I didn't know their work and then there were two words that he said I looked straight round to Glenn and saw the biggest grin on his face and it was he said and one of the most important things of of my work is personal projects. Get in there. <laughs> I think Glyn, if he could have done it, he'd have jumped up and done a fist bump and a jump. Yeah, it, was kind yes. of like, it was almost like a, an affirmation there of saying, right, you know, here's, here's a legendary photographer and here's his little old me who's kind of like really working hard, you know, I'm pushing myself to get better and better. And then there's somebody like him says those two magic words, personal projects, because they've been instrumental in helping him develop. Yeah. And it's me thinking, I'm always, I'm always kind of, preaching if you like about people to do personal projects so it's kind of like kind of confirmation for me that I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track do you know yeah. what I mean so and yeah personal projects have been brilliant but what was I thought was fantastic there's Albert Watson 
comes from the film days. Do you know what I mean? And film yeah. for me is like something I watch, not something I use in a camera. Now, I've always been yeah. in the digital era. But he showed that picture of Mick Jagger yes. in the car with the leopard. And he said it was a really dangerous picture because they, they couldn't do it like they couldn't composite the two together, really. They had to do it at the time. Yeah, because he said the leopard was still trying to get at yeah. anybody. Which was fantastic to hear that. How, how on earth do you deal with that? Because nowadays we just composite it in Photoshop, no problem. But then he showed how, or he talked about how he did that, uh, what Mick Jagger wanted to be the album cover, mm. where he blended Mick Jagger's face into the leopard's face yes. and had his eyes and stuff. And it was how he said that he took the picture of the leopard first and on the back of the camera, on the viewing thing, while, while he's actually got the leopard in the frame, he's used a pen to draw the outline of the leopard on the glass on yeah. the back of the camera. So then when he photographs Mick Jagger, I think he said he rewound the yeah, film. Yeah, he did a double exposure Double exposure it. and positioned Mick Jagger within the lines that he drew and took the shot and the two blended together. And it was like, what? And then me and Alan Hess looked at each other and we're like, that is amazing. Do you know, know what I mean? And here we are. You know, I love Photoshop. It's what I've always known when I'm doing my photography. And you get people say, no, I'm a purist. I don't believe in doing all that kind of editing stuff. Hello, we've got Albert Watson here <laughs> doing that Photoshop in camera. Do you and know then what I mean? he showed his, his own Photoshop. He showed some images where he had textures and yeah. overlays. And he was saying... And when you look at it, you think, oh, I see what he's done there. He's yes. used blend mode. He's saying, no, I mixed up a load of paint on some paper and I laid it down and then I took a double exposure or whatever it was. And he was he was doing his own Photoshop yeah. before it even existed. Yeah. So that for me, Richard Cunningham, <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> uh, Albert Watson, meeting Joel and other people like Jason Naveen and all our other friends that has been an absolute highlight for me. Yeah, definitely. And also one of the things about Adobe Max is... Not only do they release, uh, they release the, the new update of the software, but they also talk you through it. They explain why they've done it. And then you get the sneak peeks as well, which was really good where you see some stuff that was coming up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's been the, uh, there's been the updates that have obviously been released. We, you know, obviously, we're on the beta test and you get to kind of see this stuff yeah. and kind of try to break it before it's officially released. But the official release was here at Max for... You know, a number of the different applications. So Photoshop, Lightroom, CC. We've got Adobe Premiere, which I thought that yeah. was brilliant because, you know, I like using those lookup and tables. Project Rush for the mobile Project device. Rush for the mobile phones, which was fantastic. Some brilliant updates in Photoshop. The new content aware because I actually, it was, it's kind of like well, I showed a trick, and it's been around for a while, how you can make content aware perform better yeah. by telling it, only take stuff from this. And we used to have to do that by making a selection, then extending that selection, and then using a layer mask. And that would then make content to where choose the right area of image. But now that's been updated, it's got a really good dialog box now where we can just control it and we can actually see in real time how that content to where is going to work. And that that itself was was just a fantastic update. Yeah. And even little things like Terry White got up and did a presentation and it was funny because you have all these amazing features that, oh yeah, you know, the wizards at Adobe have come up with this great thing. And yet there was a couple of simple things that for anybody out there who's a designer uh, who uses Photoshop, two of my favorite things were they actually finally removed the shift key yes, to yeah, resize yeah. something in proportion, which seems like a really small thing. But from a te uh, working for a company that makes software, that makes software for Adobe as well, is mm. we know it's not just as easy as ticking a box or flicking a switch. Mm. It's it, it has long-lasting effects to other things. So removing that and also when you type in Photoshop, 
the ability to just double click on the type to make it active, yeah, yeah. which you can do in Illustrator and InDesign. They're only small things, but they're things that just make a difference in your workflow. And so it's not always all bells and whistles and shiny things. Sometimes it's they do listen and it, it sometimes takes time, but they do things that help the designers. And what a lot of people don't realize, and, and I noticed this when I've been talking to people, is although Adobe are the company, what they don't realize is the Photoshop team, the Illustrator team, and the InDesigner team don't all work in the same office. They actually work on different continents. They are almost like three different businesses. So I know I've been guilty of it when I've said, oh, why will it do it in Illustrator, but it won't do it in Photoshop? Why don't they just give it to Photoshop? They they don't. It's because each piece of software is built completely differently. Yeah. Um, so sometimes things don't always match up. But when you sit and look through the features and think, oh, just makes my life so much easier. Yeah, and I, and I guess here as well, it's worthwhile putting in a bit of a disclosure. Yeah, you know, we're not getting, we're not on the payroll for Adobe or anything like that at all. We just, you know, it just so happens that we're fortunate enough to kind of get to present at their particular events, you know, yeah. which is fantastic. And sure enough, you know, we able to get to see the beta testing. Some of the stuff, I'm glad to say, we don't get to see before it's released because yes. it's nice to get surprises. Yeah. And and just like anything, do you know, there will always be little glitches. Do you know what I mean? Always little glitches and. And there'll always be those folks who are prepared to kind of shout it down if they find one tiny thing. Yeah. We've been talking about this a lot this morning. We've noticed today there's been a video. Somebody's been posting out saying, oh, don't update Photoshop because there's a bug. Well, actually, no, they said it's very buggy, yeah. which would make you think there are multiple problems with the new release. Now, I know, do you remember when I first did that presentation? My first ever time presenting in America was when I got invited to teach at Photoshop World. Yes. I think it was Washington. Washington, it was, We yeah. were sharing a room, and I made the mistake of updating just before, well, it was the night before, actually, before yeah, my first presentation. presentation. And, yeah, there were issues. You know, I mean, back then, there was, a, there was a few problems. And it was taking, like, I was getting the spinning beach wall of death to load an image that was, like, 15 yeah. kilobytes. Which, remember, could have been your Mac. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have, could have been, your, have been your Mac having a problem and yeah. not Photoshop yeah. as well. That's right. But, you know, I, I, I've updated mine. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to update it before presentation, which is like the golden rule. Do not update yeah. before anything major. But I did it, and I used the update, CC 2019, during presentations, and it worked great. And, yeah, there, there are maybe a couple of things that people have found. But you know, I can't help but think that the things that people go out and find, first of all, rather than highlighting this doesn't work, yeah. which doesn't help anybody, just kind of say, look, I've noticed in this latest update, this isn't quite working how it should. However, here's a workaround. And that's something that I've always tried to do with videos. It, you know, when I was doing more YouTube stuff, I'd say, look, you know, telling somebody the problem is never a good thing. Mm. Say, look, highlight it, say this isn't working quite well. If you if you if that's something that you really need to work, here's an alternative. Yes. Because the great thing is now, now that we do have this Creative Cloud, and yes, I do actually like the Creative Cloud because mm. it means that I've got access to uh, I never have to go hunting for a disk if I lose my, you know, my computer crashes. Uh, I've got access to the cloud. I can get all my assets no matter what computer I'm on and no matter where I'm in the world. So yeah. I'm a champion of that, and I hold my hands up to say that. Some people aren't. Some people are. But you know, I'm kind of forgetting where I want to go with this. But I'm kind of, um, what was I saying? What was I saying? <laughs> I, was, I was basically sort of saying there saying are about problem solving. Yeah, so, about yeah, there are problem solving and stuff like that. So, for example, I think one thing that people have, uh, I saw this morning, what somebody said, if you added, let's say in the layers panel in Photoshop, you add a new solid color fill layer. Yeah. 
all right, and you put a colour in it, and then you change the blend mode of that layer to colour. At the time, this morning, there does seem to be a minor problem where yeah. it, rather than it blending the colour into the layer beneath, it kind of turns it to black and white. Okay, so yeah, that can be a problem. But rather than focus on the problem, how can we kind of teach people, as educators, yeah. which is what we do, how can we say, look, this is what the problem is, this is how you can get sorted until Adobe do. Yeah. And that, that's right, that's reminding me now where I was going with this. We used to have to wait about 18 months before there was updates, right? With the cloud, they can Adobe can get to know about this, you know, because things do get missed, you know, but we're all human. They can get to know about this. You could have somebody go down the road in the, in the morning now, sit in their office at Adobe, do a couple of lines of, uh, of script, fix it, and job done. That's it. It's all sorted. Yeah. That is no longer a problem. So what I was thinking was this morning, when we sat in the room talking about that particular issue, I just sort of said, well, rather than doing that, you can't use a solid color fill layer, why not just add a blank layer and fill it with the foreground color of your choice? And yes, yeah. I know you can't double-click to change it, but you can just double-click on the foreground colour and fill it with that one. Yeah. Until Adobe fix it in an hour or a day or, or use whenever. a brush. You or use, use a brush. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's case of don't focus on the problems, yeah. really. That doesn't help anybody. And I think as well, it's what, like most things, I mean, that's just, I guess, human nature is there are people who get excited about the thing that gives them a living because at the end of the day, these tools give us a living. Yeah, I wouldn't, we wouldn't yeah. be sat here now without it. And then there are people who... Um, I'm trying to think what the word they they focus on the negative and it's like a pack of wolves surrounding going I want to find something wrong with this I want to find and then I'm going to be the person to be out there and cham and go yeah look it's broken and like we said it's how does that help anybody yeah but then then you also get all the other people that are kind of almost the same mindset going yeah yeah you're right that's why I didn't do it either yeah, like, I've oh, heard that and we had someone this morning and uh, a guy commented. And we said, well, you know, rather than keep saying it's buggy, list it. List it. Tell us what what the issue is, because it still could be your computer or it could be yes, Photoshop. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, one of them that was shown as a bug wasn't even a bug. It was just it's they removed update. the shift key. It was yeah. an update. <laughs> and they hadn't even realized that, that that update affects other things. The, the, the ability of the shift key is you don't have to use it anymore to do mm. stuff uh, constraint. It's now the opposite. Yes, yeah. And then somebody commented, and we went back and said, well, okay, well, what else? And the guy went, oh, I don't even use Creative Cloud. I'm staying on CS6. I don't agree with the Creative Cloud update. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not very... <laughs> no, come on. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know. There are people who don't like it, but like you said, as part of education, that is our job, is to find solutions to problems. Yeah, and you, and you don't actually, like you said, you don't need to... Because although I said I updated it prior to my presentation... What I didn't do was overwrite my current version. Yeah, the, the version I always know which is working. So always, you, that's the great thing. You can actually update. You can actually install it so it runs alongside, yeah. just in case. And if you're on Creative Cloud and you go into update, the first thing that comes up is a little box. If you look at the bottom of the box, there's a, it says advanced. Just click on it, and there's a tick box that if you tick it, it will overwrite the old version. If you don't tick it, you'll have. I mean, I've got. Oh, well, I know on our work machine, we've got, I think, uh, three versions of Illustrator and CS6 because we have to test on everything. I think even on my Mac at home, when I update, I'll still have CC 2017 just because I like to just have a backup and I can check something. Mm. Like if it's in this new version, wasn't in the old version, there might be something in the old ver version I used to do that I need to teach myself to do it in the new one. But this comes back down to education again is these tools are here to help us be better mm. and something i said to glenn 
uh, over the weekend when we uh, over the week that we were talking is we were saying how funny it was where back in the day because we're of an age when we remember <laughs> the time before photoshop <laughs> bp <laughs> as we call it um that it, everyone used to be very very guarded when people learned a technique they were like when you're doing your test at school and you put your arm over the paper so no one can copy yeah, yeah. the industry was like that and i said what it seems to be is now everyone's in a competition in a competition to share more than the next person mm. it's, it's like oh do it d- do this clickbait titles uh do everything in a minute and it's, I want to share more, I want to share more, I want to share more. And I, and, and I don't get it. I really honestly don't get it. Yeah, it's almost like it's it. gone like 180, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than before, people weren't wanting to share stuff because there was the fear of people copying and taking work from them. Now it's a case of who can share the most the quickest. Exactly. And all it is, is it's the same content being re-delivered in a different way in a different amount of time. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody comes up with a technique, as as happens with photoshop you experiment i mean the first person to come up with frequency separation i don't know what they thought they were doing a bit like the first person that milked a cow (laughs) yeah what made them think that was okay (laughs) but people come up with a technique they don't own it photoshop photoshop own own it you just find a recipe yeah um and it goes out there and then people use it and they Again, they find a, a bit like the copying thing. Yes, you find yeah. a way of using it and how it applies in your workflow. But these tips get out, and the only way you get to learn them is people do share them. And that's you know, you type in how do I do this? How do I remove skin blemish? And then you see frequency separation. Oh, what's that? Go and have a look. Oh, it seems a little bit complicated, but now it, it's just a thing that you do. Mm. But now, when you go on YouTube and type in uh, how to cut out hair, yeah, you know, it will be the same technique told by a yeah, thousand but, different yeah. people in a thousand different ways of pre- of presentation but ultimately it's the same technique which is which is a good thing because yeah. um there, there is no problem this is the thing you know there's there's not this the saying in, pho- in photography there's nothing new in photography yeah there are new things in photoshop because people do discover it but really there's a lot of just rehashing of stuff but i've got a problem with that because i've done that because we all know that and here's a perfect example. Adobe Max is a perfect example of this. You've got such a wide variety of presenters with a wide variety of presenting styles. Yeah. Now, you know, for example, a friend of ours, Jesus Maria Ramirez, he could show a technique, right, to what would predominantly be my audience, for example, mm-hmm. right, and they might not relate to him. And I could go and present to his audience, yes. his virtual audience, and they might not relate to me. Yeah. So you've got to have people to give, you know, multiple instructors presenting in multiple ways to give people the choice to see who do they relate to the best, exactly. and who can and they the learn they from use the best. It. So I've got a problem with that. But what I, you know, I mean, perfect, again, you know, mentioned Jesus during my selections sessions that I taught at Adobe Max here, I gave him a shout out because I know there'll be people in the audience that will say, oh, I've saw a technique that Jesus did. Now, I'm gonna, I learned a technique from Jesus. It was a tiny little thing where you can use blend if sliders. Yeah. And I've done this before, because there was that picture that me and you had where, remember that jokey picture we did where we were walking behind on that building site behind the girl and, and we're both just joking about, and yeah, you were yeah. spilling the coffee. Yeah. And I showed how to cut out the coffee using the blend if sliders. And it worked really, really good cutting out a liquid. However, Jesus, I saw recently, kind of did an upgrade to that where he showed cutting out a tree uh, from the blue sky. Yeah. 
um, but the pro- using the blender sliders. And the problem was if then you added an adjustment layer above it and wanted to change the tone, the luminosity of the tree, it then showed the original sky because it hadn't really gone. You just blended it out. Mm. But if you converted that layer to a smart object, it did give you then transparency around the tree so that you could adjust it. And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. Great little tip. So in my session, I gave a shout out to Jesus for kind of making me learn that by yeah. me looking at one of his videos because I'm did. always learning. I showed one at Photoshop World where, um, which was, it was so cool. It was so ridiculously simple. It, I was annoyed that I hadn't even realized. But when you're in Photoshop or in design, if you, when you save the file out like PSD or ID, uh, IN, whatever the InDesign one is, uh, I should know that, shouldn't I? You should I? know. You're writing a book on it. I know. <laughs> if you add t, the letter T to the end of the file format, it saves the file as a template. Yeah. And what that means is the next time you open it, you have to, you're forced to save it as something else so that you don't So that you've always original. got that template. And I learned that from Jesus. And when I stood up in my class, I said, here's a great tip. In fact, I, I was on the grid. I did it on the grid. And I said, the shout out to Jesus, I learned this from him. Mm. Not this tip is because he said to me oh i learned that from someone else yeah yeah but if you do learn a really cool technique it's actually quite nice to go i learned this from yes rather than try and claim it for yourself yeah absolutely. going back to the thing about the mistakes we were talking about where people are very quick to to highlight oh you know okay there's a there's a bug but there's a ton of other stuff. And I said, yes. you wouldn't say to someone, oh, I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't bother paying for Netflix. I watched a film the other day. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Just one small thing. Yeah. You're dead right, actually. Yeah. Because here we've got a, a big update. There's some real cool stuff within Photoshop. And I'm, I'm going to champion Photoshop because it, it, it forms part of my living. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But yes, that there are some huge updates. I wouldn't certainly go and tell folks that, you know, I'm fortunate enough who follow what I do. Say, do not update it. Mm. Because I'm going to then, by me saying, don't update it, because you know that one time a year when you do that solid colour fill layer? Yeah. That's going to, oh, no, it doesn't work. I never use that. Well, I mean, I do, but so not, if, not, it's not often enough for me to say to people, don't update it. Yeah. They're going to miss out on all this other little stuff, like the shift key, like the content aware, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. If anything, like we've said already, just just upload it alongside your current version. Yeah. Because then you can. I've done that before in other versions. When there's been a few glitches, which have been sorted, I have been in a version of Photoshop because I wanted to take advantage of something. Mm. I've then saved it as a PSD file, a Photoshop file, and then opened the other version of Photoshop. Yeah. So I was getting the best of both worlds. And people say, oh, no, you shouldn't have to do that. Well, hey-ho, this is life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we are all human. Things go wrong sometimes. It's, but thankfully, they get fixed. Yeah, and we find that we find astute is sometimes... Uh, and we, uh, it's funny because I used to work in the IT industry and one of the things that someone gave an example once is when something breaks down, you tend to go to like, your default, oh, that thing's wrong. Mm. Um, and what a lot of people don't realise is it might be, I don't know, an internet connection. It might be your computer it, or your operating system. Yeah. There are other things that can cause problems. And uh, and one of the thing, one of the classes I sat in was really, one of, one of the best ones I sat in was a lady called Annie Atkins. And her job is to make the things in films that you don't necessarily see, but are always there. She does the newspapers, the tickets, the passports, mm-hmm. the, the things on the wall. And she was talking about the level of detail she has to go to that sometimes it might only be on screen for 30 seconds, but it's it gives the film the feel of the era or whatever. Oh, the uh, authenticity. Yeah, the authenticity. And, yeah. and yet she said, even with, with hers, people will freeze, get, get watching a film 
and then they get it on DVD and they freeze frame all the <laughs> trying, trying, they're trying to find yeah. mistakes rather than just enjoy the whole process, all the people that were involved in the film. Yeah. Would you say, I wouldn't bother watching this film because in one scene, someone handed over a ticket and you could clearly see there wasn't a fold in the top corner but when they when you saw the close up there was a fold in the top corner <laughs> it's like those people who go out looking for the problems in the film exactly What's that? there's a website isn't it movie mistake I don't know if it's still around moviemistakes.com and I never checked this out but I remember some, they posted a couple of examples and they said that in the film Braveheart and I'm going to have to go and check this out now they reckon there's a, at the start of the film there's a big battle Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it anyway because we went to Paramount and it made me want to watch the Par- uh, Braveheart but there's a bit when they all charge down the hill at the start of Braveheart and they say that if you look in the far left hand corner of the screen you can see the back end of a white Ford Transit van now I've never checked that out I'm going to have to check it out now but also there was one on the film Zulu Michael Caine apparently when there's a big battle when the Zulus are fighting some of them have got wristwatches on yeah, I've no, I haven't seen that, but I'd I think it's one in Gladiator as well that where someone's got a wristwatch, and there are there are always gaffes in films, but they're not they're not they don't spoil it for me. I mean, the best <laughs> one is Dunkirk recently, go where on. in the preview of Dunkirk, where the boats come up on the beach and they hear the planes go over. If you watch the watch the trailer for Dunkirk, and when you see all the people, don't in ruin the, don't ruin my. Vision you see all the people in the boat. There's one extra who is smiling. His job is an extra. He's smiling. So there's all this whole fear. They're just about to land and deploy. And these bombers are going over that are going to start shooting at them. And out of the whole crowd of, of men in there, like, fearing for their lives, there's this one guy who's so happy to be an extra. He's grinning like an idiot. Oh, I'll show no. you it after. No, I don't <laughs> want to see it after. I don't want to see it. And anyway, maybe maybe that's just his way. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was. was maybe like, he was so... I love yeah. war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but, you know, we there are but there is always bugs. There's always mistakes. We always make mistakes. And I remember someone saying to me once, "I don't want to know the problem. I want to know the solution." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's how we educate. That's yeah. how we find. That's how Adobe learn what they need to add. But, let, but let's, let's have a look at something else. Then let's, yeah. let's kind of move away from this kind of uh, here's the problems and what have you updates that I'm really excited about. And obviously, because I do video content yeah. and, st- and stuff as well, there's the Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro CC, which I absolutely, I love editing video footage and audio. And uh, obviously, at the time we're recording this, it's not long now until I release this new pack into my store, the yeah. lookup table pack, which is how I give my, which is my, my own look. Uh, and there's an update to how you can use the lookup tables within Premiere Pro. Because obviously you can export lookup tables from Premiere Pro, and they've they've really I hate to say it they've taken it to the next Don't, level. Uh, <laughs> but on. they have. I'm just gonna slap you. <laughs> but there's all that hue versus hue, hue versus yes. sat. You can really finesse the looks now. That I am generally excited about. So I'm going to go back. Although I've created the looks already to go into this pack, I'm actually going to go when we go back home. I'm going to be kind of tweaking them using this new update. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And, and that project rush for filming on the go, because both of us are big admirers of Casey Neistat. Yeah. Not just because uh, he's a Tony Robbins character or, or the other people that spout nonsense and make a career out of it. <laughs> um, but he's entertaining and he's educational because although he shares his life and he sits down and he talks about things, you start to look at his... He's a great filmmaker oh, gotcha. and an amazing editor and so creative. And then when you look at the tools now that we've got that enable us to, we're not going to, you know, no one's going to be the next Casey Neistat. There's lots of people who blog and that other, Vlog. the V word. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but the tools now they've got will enable you to do this stuff on the go and the equipment we've now got like the, I think it was a GoPro release mm-hmm. while we were there uh, there's drones there's all this footage now we, we're in a world where we're very sharing and there's a lot of content and the way that we can now create this content and deliver it is you know of course a professional I say professional is never going to make their whole business based around mobile device um some people do i mean dan mumford what that what he can do with a mobile device and i know he uses a cintiq but he's read carl lambert another guy who did all the stranger things does it all on an ipad pro which amazed me yeah Yeah. some people are very creative but we're now given the ability to create content while we're on the go and then you know we can deliver it from from mobile but we can because of the creative cloud we can come back and drop it into premiere or after effects or Talking about that, that sort of mobile stuff on the go, I totally see the uh, massive benefits of that for people like you, the graphic designers, the yeah. illustrators, because you can just sit there and just doodle while you're on public transport or you're in a waiting room for a plane or whatever. Yeah. I've kind of, I, I kind of see where Adobe are going with it. And obviously the Lightroom CC, the cloud version, if you like, of Lightroom, which syncs everything across your devices. I get it. But I kind of, I don't know where at the moment, I'm just being honest now, I don't know where that fits into my workflow. Yeah. Because I'm very much somebody who tethers into some software and then edits later on. But there was something, when we were out the other night, we went out for that meal at Lisa Carney's place. Yeah. Um, I was sat with Matt Kloskowski, and there was one of the guys whose names, I've, I'm sad, off, I've forgotten his name now, but I believe he's on the Lightroom development team. And so he comes over and he's talking to Matt and me while we're there. And Matt said something that made me think, God, now that, that now kind of says, yes, that's why this is a good thing to have, this Lightroom cloud version. Obviously, there's also the standalone version and mm. whatever. But what Matt said was his son uh, was going to like his end of school kind of prom mm. type event, okay? So Matt's there and he's taking some pictures of his son. And uh, Matt was saying that, right, he's going to go home and he'll edit them tomorrow and then he'll, and then he'll email them to his son. And his son said some, and I'm kind of paraphrasing yeah. now. His son said, well, I wouldn't really want them then because it's kind of, that was yesterday. Yeah. So obviously the youth of today, I can say that now because I've got, you know, I'm at that age as we, we are. The youth, they want it like instant. So Matt said what he did on this particular night, with he, he's got a, Matt shoots Sony, an A7R three, So he's taken pictures with his Sony He's then done that tap transfer from the camera to his mobile phone. Mm. He's then edited them by using the auto option on Lightroom. And he said, wow, he did an amazing job. He sorted them out. They got into a collection. And then he sent his son the link an hour later after the event on that night so he can then download them and share them and do whatever. I thought, what a brilliant way of doing it. Because I didn't even, I don't know why, didn't even think of this tap transfer thing, the Wi-Fi transfer yeah. from the camera to the phone into Lightroom CC, create a collection, edit it, share the link, done. I, I thought that was just genius. Yeah. And another big update at Adobe Max, well, two really for me as a designer. One, it's a little bit mind-blowing. And I don't really like that all the time. Oh, it's mind-blowing. Photoshop, on the iPad. Right. For, for actually now for creatives to be, you know, we there are already Cintiqs, there are already other pieces of uh, hardware out there that can take Photoshop. But it's not, it's not out yet, is it? It's not out yet. Right. This is, I think this is going to be next year. Yes, yeah. No, no official date because there's still power to Photoshop and this is the thing is, this isn't, you're not going to get Photoshop. I said, how long before Photoshop on your, on your Apple Watch? <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to take 
a lot of engineering because the uh, obviously the desktop display is different because it's all finger touch. But it does look really interesting that the fact that, it, again, it's an option, it's not a replacement. At the moment, that's what it feels like. I don't think we'll ever go purely completely mobile, but I like the fact that it gives you the option to yeah, be yeah. creative whenever, wherever. You know, I'm sitting in the room now, I, I got an iPad while I was out here, and you give me your Apple Pencil, and I'm sitting sketching in Procreate last night. Uh, which is a, gr- a great tool. And then we saw Project Gemini, I think it was called, yes, yes. which was a similar kind of thing. And the engineering went into that, the, the oil paint filter. Oh, that was sick. And the fact that you can draw yeah, in vector sick. brushes and Photoshop brushes, it's just, yeah. it gives you that chance to, uh, I, you know, I know we said yesterday, we joked, someone posted something and uh, the internet was down and you were like, enjoy the silence. Yeah. is the, I guess the downside is, it puts our face in front of a device more often because it's always available. But I think if you are creative, if you have those moments where um, that friend of mine posted something on Facebook, he said, I woke myself up in the middle of the night to write down a funny thought mm. because I had it. And when I got up in this morning, it wasn't that funny. But it's that you have that moment where you think, oh, I've got a great idea. And you can pick up a device, you can go into it, yeah. you can lay a comport which, which is a great thing yeah like yeah. david edmondson who we interviewed or i interviewed off the podcast a few episodes back he's always got a notepad with him yeah and he's always you know in case and he said he wakes up in the middle of the night and he writes ideas down so yeah you're right having having it instantly accessible and in front of our face 24 7 can can be a blessing and a curse yeah i would like to think more more a blessing as long as you kind yeah. of program yourself not to be doing it all the time and it's the world we live in we are a we are now a content created a content absorbing environment we have 24-hour news remember mm. back in the day we used to have the news at six o'clock ten o'clock mm. now we've got the, all this stuff constantly is that's the way you know my kids nine and ten they're going to be in a world that is it lives around technology oh yeah yeah um, so they're having to learn it so it's always out there now you just mentioned david edmondson yep. on a previous episode mm-hmm. and one of the things i wanted us to talk about today as well is we've had some really good interviews lately and um, more good interviews more good yeah we've had more good <laughs> interviews lately and more lined up yeah and it and i it's still always weird listening to your own voice listening to the podcast but i thought just if anyone's listening to this episode today because they've seen you know the subject line adobe max and maybe haven't heard us before we've had a real mix of interviews with photographers creatives mm-hmm. i mean this this week's episode with nathan black yeah. he's neither a photographer or a designer but his story mm is so relative to the industry that we're in, in that people do have some dark times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's relevant for this industry. It's relevant for anything. You know, I mean, yeah. life in general. It's, um, yeah, so I would I would highly recommend people go back and listen to it because I think that I won't, I'm not going to spoil what Nathan talks about, but my God, it is powerful. Mm. But I think we all, especially in the creative world, we we have times when we feel that we we I hate that word mojo. We lose our mojo. Mm. We can't seem to do it right. We never we lose our kind of creative kind of uh, rush. Things aren't going right, and we just think we can't recover from it. Do you know what I mean? And business isn't going well, and so on and so forth. Nathan's story shows, although his story is really quite serious yeah. because his it talks health. about medical and yeah. health and what have you. It basically talks that just hang hang in there because through through darkness, through dark times, there is always light. It's yeah. kind of like 
overcoming adversity. Yes. And it is an incredibly powerful episode. And I really would want everybody... I think I actually think it's, it is compulsory listening, regardless yeah. of what you're doing in your life and, you know... Yeah, it's a nice are. reset button to make you think... Because I know a lot of people, you know, people have problems. People do suffer things, and we don't necessarily know all the things behind it. But I think just to sometimes press the reset button and go back and think, okay, what, you know, rate the problems... When you listen to what Nathan went through, you know, where the point he was in his life where he may not have had a life anymore to where where he's taken himself from yeah. that is really and, and, good. And the thing about what it is, so many times, you know, like you mentioned Tony Robbins earlier on, you know, the, the sort of positive mental attitude yeah. and fake it till you make it, that kind of stuff. That's all well and good, but it's not really helpful when you're the one that feels the world is collapsing in on you and you mm. can't deal with stuff. To have somebody say to you, hey, don't worry about it, just move on and think positive, it ain't as easy as that. No. So what Nathan kind of does at the end, especially, he talks about the fact that it doesn't have to be something that he, like he went through when it literally was, you know, the Grim Reaper was knocking at the door. Yeah. It, was, it was like life is hanging in the balance here. That was ultimately serious for him. But you can equate that to anybody else. As as serious to somebody else could be the fact they've just lost their job. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So he kind of talks and relates it to, it doesn't really matter what the situation is because yeah. if you're dealing with something, that is all-consuming. But hang in there because yeah. there will always be, if you hang in there, there something will happen eventually. Yeah. You've just got to have that kind of grit and determination, which is hard to do, but Nathan talks about how he did that. Yeah. Not as uh, serious as that, but something Aaron Draplin said in his class, which was really good, was somebody says to him, how do you deal with creative block? And I know a lot of people, when they get like creative block, they go into, a, oh, my God, I've got creative block. I can't go on. I can't do work. And he was saying creative block is a thing that we've invented for ourselves as an excuse he said because he was driving through LA and he was on the freeway and there were like six guys out and it was hot mm. and they were putting up a pylon of some kind, like a, a lamppost or something. And he said, do those guys get pylon block? You know, they have to get on and do the job. Mm. They don't get the chance to make an excuse to not do it. He's, you know, I've got a hole digging block today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, we, Sometimes we can make those problems for us for ourselves, and it's identifying, you know, what what's the what is the issue here, and how do I deal with it? And that's what I love about this community now is the fact that people can talk to each other really quickly mm. and and identify problems. And going back to the whole event itself, is that's what's been really cool for me this week. You've, I've spoken to so many people I've never met before who have just bit, you know, given me one little nugget of advice or something that they did or recommended I should go and talk to someone and that's what I love about events like Adobe Max is the fact that if you are in this industry whatever you're doing get out there and talk to people mm. you know it's very easy to sit at home on your own and dwell on your own problems we've mentioned this in previous op yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. where you kind of get wound up but it's not until not everyone can afford Adobe Max. I get it. Before anyone posts this, you know, it's really expensive or whatever. Or I've got a fly so far. It doesn't have to be Adobe Max. Mm. It can just be a local event. It can be a local camera club. As long yeah. as that camera club is an encouraging one, as yeah. opposed to one that's stuck in the mud of the old ways. Yeah. Go so. along, share a problem, find a solution. Mm. You know, don't be negative because we we can be negative. So I mean, we've we've sat in a hotel room. We can have a good old moan. Yeah, when there's, we there's episodes we would never record <laughs> because we yeah. yeah. 
it's just it's just voicing an opinion like because we all do it we all you know not every not everything resonates with you and you sometimes can be a little bit critical but we get it out in our room we we say yeah. it to each other and then like as always we go oh yeah but look at it this way you know maybe that that's that's that because of that um one of the things talking about meeting people mm-hmm. as well is you as a photographer i've often talked about aaron draplin quite a lot mm-hmm. and you got to meet him this yeah week. i finally got to meet the one and only aaron draplin to see you know because it's somebody that you've obviously mentioned a while because uh, for a while now but very it's influential yeah, yeah incredibly influential and you could see the kind of following that he had just by here he, seen people walking around was it was it ddc DDC caps yeah and- ddc caps and stuff like that and i got to meet him although albeit briefly what a top fella yeah, I can just completely see why you get on with him so well. He was funny. There was no, there's no uh, arrogance. There's no ego. He's just somebody clearly because I know what you've told me about how he's worked so hard to to get in the position he is. Yeah, but really, really top fella. And um, I'd like to think that you know, fingers crossed. Uh, my ratings are good enough that I'm going to come back next yeah. year and uh, I will be sitting in on Aaron's classes yeah. but I know there'll be stuff I can learn from him but yeah, yeah what a top fella Alan sat in the back because um, he bought my lunch for me and I was, I was I in Aaron's class doing that, yeah. Yeah. and it was really cool because I so I went to Portland a week before Max as part of my job because I'm out here um, with my employer Stuart Graphics so I got to spend a week in Portland before I went to Adobe Max and I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of days with Aaron and Lee um, and just to kind of be in his environment and, you know, we sat and chatted about stuff and went for breakfast and dinner. But I got to sit in his studio um, and we actually, in- I actually interviewed him, which uh, we will be editing soon. It was quite a lot of content there. But it was interesting seeing him, you know, it goes back to that thing when we said, you look at people and go, oh, it's all right for him. Mm. Look at him with his merch and, and doing that. Until you sat with someone and you hear them talking about their work, and how serious they are. And, and, and Nick came over, and my boss Nick uh, came over and sat with Aaron, because, again, he's heard me talk about him, never actually got to spend a great deal of time with him. And seeing how uh, how he works, his work ethic, but also when he's even creating things in Illustrator, he wants to make sure everything is right, everything is delivered correct. He had a bunch of pin badges because mm. he makes merchandise. And they'd sent him a pin badge. Now, a lot of people could look at it and go, yeah, that'll do. I'm going to make $10, $10 off it. Mm. He made them go back four times until they got it right. He was a perfectionist. He wants everything he delivers because he knows there's kids out there who don't have a lot of money, like to buy his stuff. He wants to make sure that everything he delivers, every piece of work for every client is exactly what they've paid for mm. and on the money. And it and it was good to see his influences around him and, and how, you know, I mean, his merch side of his business is great. Uh, I was just pleased you got to meet him, and the mm. same I said to Nick. It's I talk about certain people all the time, um, but it was it was cool hanging out and yeah, it's, it's been great. That's the, another good you know big thing about these events, anyway, isn't it? Getting to meet certain people. Um, so I mean, one person I was really pleased we got to hang out with a heck of a lot uh, was Alan Alan Hess, yeah, you know, a great friend of ours. We call him. He's like he is one of our other brothers, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely, an absolute diamond of a guy. And what was. It was lovely seeing him because Alan wasn't just here to be at Adobe Max. Alan was actually working here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He was assisting in classes. So, you know, Alan's an incredible photographer, but he was also helping out in classes with Mark Heaps on design. Yeah. You know, doing all the printing and stuff like that. So it was great to see Alan 
at Adobe Max working, not yeah. just here as an attendee. So he I'm went really, and really learned, pleased with that. He went and learned some Illustrator yeah. again. He came back the other the day class. and said, he said, I think it was the last day, Wednesday, in the evening when we were having a meal, he said, I've had a brilliant day. Not only had he helped out in classes and been an assistant, he'd also met certain people, but he'd also sat in classes and learned stuff as well. And I know because me and, like I said earlier on, me and Alan, when we got to meet up with Joel uh, within the pavilion, and Joel was shown this technique, which is where you create a mask within the camera by mm. having two long... Actually, yeah, I just mention it now briefly. I don't think it's something that Joel's come up. It's been around for a while, yeah. but you know these, th- these techniques kind of come and go, and you forget that they're there. And Joel was shown a technique where he's photographing a model. There's a white background, so he's got a light on the background and a light for the model. He turns off the light on the model first. So the only light that's going to go off is the one lighting up the white background. Yeah. So when he takes the photo, nice white background, the model... Is perfectly silhouetted. Perfectly black. Perfectly black. So that is the mask, isn't it? Yeah. What, a layer mask, white and black. Yeah. Now he then turns off the light on the background while she stood still and he photographs the model with the modelled light on. And then he can use that mask he's created to then put together in Photoshop. It was just genius rather than actually going into select and mask and doing a cutout. And me and Alan were like, brain's gone you know it's like oh my god and i'm thinking of all the possibilities i can do with stuff i know alan because he's he's not just a concert photographer but he also photographs these women who do this incredible kind of dance and stuff hanging off these ribbons and you know these real kind of artists you know and he's i know that alan's gonna be working on something when he gets back using that technique so huge shout out for joel who is you know, he is just the ultimate professional, the ultimate creative, always looking for new ways of doing stuff. It was absolutely legendary and lovely to see both him and Amy. Mm. Um, so that was great. Lisa Carney, like I said, went for hers uh, from Finishing Station. Brilliant, brilliant artist. She does all the movie posters around here in Hollywood. So yeah. she's like, you know, she is seriously big time when it comes to the research yeah. and beautiful spending time with her at home on, um, on the Sunday. Uh, but Jason Levine. Jason Levine. Jason Levine. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's one of those people when when you just walk into a room and he's there, yeah. you're instantly drawn to him. He's just the nicest, nicest man. And you go up and you give him a hug and you just want to talk to him. And, and he is such a nice guy. And what was funny was I bumped into him because we'd seen him a couple of times. And anyone who knows Jason, if you listen to the episode recently, go back. We interviewed Jason Levine. He talks about. Uh, who he is and how people know him and every year at max he goes up on stage and he's kind of the the greatest showman we called him the greatest showman on the interview and it kind of does him a disservice because jason is extremely extremely good at what he does he would be the person i'd go to if i had any question about premiere pro after effects or audition that's his background that's his knowledge and sometimes it could it can dis who he is. People can f- tend to focus more on his personality rather than his, his skill, knowledge, his, his skill. Knowledge, yeah. Because so many people were coming up, and I was guilty of it because he hit, a, he, he he went la and hit a bum note. But he, how he came out of that was really funny and clever. And the amount of people that were coming up to him and not saying that was a great technique or that's a great new feature, it was. Oh, you were so funny. You were so adorable. You were so... But Jason is... He's the principal worldwide evangelist for a reason. Oh, yeah, totally. He's, you know, he works damn hard. Those Mm. guys are traveling. He's been going backwards and forwards, rehearsing for Max, so they put on a perfect thing. But if you want to learn anything about Premiere Pro After Effects or Audition, don't even bother YouTube and anything else. Just go for Jason Levine. Well, go for for Jason Levine. He's obviously got the videos on Adobe. 
uh, on the blogs.adobe.com as well. But also, I mean, yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. He does he does uh, audition uh, audition one hundred and one or yeah. whatever it is. He's got some brilliant stuff on. In fact, I was watching one of those this morning just briefly yeah. on how to use. Audition. Who was the guy we met at the pizza place? What's oh, it he Seth teaches? McCulloch. Yeah, yes. brilliant. I'm so pleased I got to meet him as well. Well, that was really interesting, Seth, um, because Seth is he's a retoucher based here in the States. Super, super bloke. And it was, uh, I kind of like, because I was at the back of Mark Heaps' class and Seth has then come over and he's gone, I know you. And I said, and I know you. He says, I've followed you for ages. And I said, and I've followed you for ages. Weirdos. And, it's, and it was Seth McCulloch. And he's just, I mean, he's just brilliant, brilliant researcher. Um, if anybody follows the RGG EDU guys, who are like a, a creative educational uh, yeah. podcast and site that do educational material, Seth's done some recent courses with those. I think he's got another one coming out soon to do with colouring and stuff like that. And I brought one of Seth's classes, and it was really interesting when we were talking about it. But what was great, we finally got to meet up. And he's, we're going to actually get him on this podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. So he seemed like a, you know... He was what I wanted him to be, totally down to earth. He was really, and just really, a good laugh. So yeah. I'm lo- really looking forward to seeing you know, the relationship there develop as well. Yeah. Top fella. And another shout out, shameless plug, on the uh, the Adobe store, which I always head to because I always have all the books. We for we saw your. Photoshop yeah, toolbox Photoshop in the toolbox. wild for the Get first time. Apparently, it sold out. Yeah, Alan said that it was. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, I am going to kind of shout yeah. this out because I'm really quite proud of this. It was kind of officially launched here, I guess, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it was, um, it was like a soft Nook, let me launch, know. wasn't it? Soft launch. Rocky Nook let me know that the books have come back from the printers, so they're now they're now shipping. Amazon's um, published date is going to be brought forward because the books are now there. But yeah, there was there's quite a few of the books there initially on the Adobe stand, and by the end of it, it was sold out, which was which was yeah. just brilliant to see. And it's so cool. Because it's always nice when you go into a bookstore area and you see other authors whose books are there. Mm. And no matter how long they've been writing books for, they still get a kick out seeing their book on a shelf. And there were a couple of people I saw over there. Speaking of Alan Hess, he's also got a great book coming out next Mm. month. It's called Make Great Photos. It's the beginner's book. I know there's a lot of books out there about, you know, how to start in photography. Knowing Alan as we do, he is an accomplished author. Mm -hmm. Uh, not just concert photography, he does low light, he does portraits, pets. Uh, he's the house photographer for the biggest uh, venue in San Diego as well. Uh, he's a he's a great teacher. He's he used to teach at Photoshop World. He's, he works at local camera shops. He puts on workshops all the time, and and such a down to earth guy. And this book, I know how much work he's put into this one. I've pre ordered it for my yeah. nephew. I'm going to get my nephew a copy. He, uh, well, I, I just went ahead and just designed the cover, but <laughs> <laughs> that's by the by. <laughs> Um, this book I've said to him because I'm really I'm not uh, I've got a, a camera I've got equipment I'm not going to say I've got a nice camera I've got a half decent camera and the equipment I bought th- a few years ago because I wanted to learn photography and I feel I've done the industry a disservice by being surrounded by so many good people and even a best mate who's a top photographer and seriously I should beat myself in the face with my camera when I try and do it I just don't get it I'm going to be a guinea pig for Alan's book. All right, because okay. already some, my, a, a lady I used to work with this morning said, is this book good for a teenager? And I said, Alan, can you help? Alan came straight back and said, this book is for an entry level, mm. just to learn the basics of photography. So I'm going to use this book as a guinea pig for Alan, as if, if this book can teach me, it's a good book. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a great way of kind of checking it out, isn't it? But I'm also... I pre-ordered a copy, yeah. which I'll be sending to my nephew, Ben. 
yeah. who's uh, taken his kind of options at school now, where he's deciding what qualifications he wants to study for the next two years, and he's chosen photography. So cool. I'm getting that book to Ben so he can kind of go through it because it will help him massively. Yeah, so. nice. That's good. But... Um, and for our 50th episode, which we've got coming up before Christmas, we, we've realised, yeah. we looked at the calendar, we know we're going to have our 50th episode before Christmas. We've got another target that we hope to announce soon after that. It's getting close. It's getting close, but it's one we're really looking forward to. But for our 50th episode, I think we're going to do something a little bit special, and I think we'll probably do some kind of giveaway, because we've mentioned, you know, we've done some shameless plugs, so let's give these things, let's give these yeah, things away. Yeah, Christmas we'll do, time, why not? do something special just before Christmas. We'll have a little bundle of books. We'll have Alan, a couple of Alan's, a couple of yours, a few bits and pieces I've picked up at Max. Um, we'll do a, like a pre-Christmas nice yeah. thank you for sticking with us for 50 episodes. Yeah. Because we started this in February. I know, I'm still going. And we're in the second half of October. And we're still talking to each other. Brilliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even Brilliant. after like, Two or three trips this year rooming. Yeah. Well, just... listen, mate, we've we got to, it's, it's pushing on now. It's one minute to 10 wow. on the Friday morning. We've got to get packed up and get out of it and get yeah. an Uber down to the old Los Angeles airport. So, listen, before we go, I just want to, from me, I want to say uh, thank you to thank you to Adobe for putting yeah. on such a fantastic event. It has been great fun. But a big thank you to everybody that I've met here at yeah. Adobe Max at a design event that have come up to me and kind of said, oh, I follow you, I like what you do, and, and they've come into my classes. So huge thank you to everyone coming to my classes and gave me a good score because all the speakers get scored at the time. It's I really nerve-wracking. That's the thing, no matter how big a name you are, that's what I love about this event is you being back next year is down to the content you deliver yeah, and, yeah. and the audience rate you and and. This is this is an attendees function, yeah. as opposed to a company that puts on an event and they decide who comes along. This one is very unique in that it's the attendees who ultimately influence who comes along next time. Yeah. Because you get you get your scores. It's like once you finish your class, you get you're waiting for this email and it says your survey results are in from people who are there, and you're like, oh god, yeah. you're opening it with one thing with one eye open, like oh. Yeah. So I'm really pleased. I've done you know a great score. So thank you very much for having come. And on. like you even said, was the the first night you got your first scoring uh and of course this year you were a max master <laughs> but rather than just being like treated as an ego things oh look at me i've got this great score what was really interesting was you said what the reason i like getting my score within a couple of hours of my session finishing is if there are a couple of complaints or issues you actually tailor your next session yeah to address those things. Yeah, and that's what Mark Heaps did as well because yeah. he had a session, he had a, a lab where he was getting people printing a few kind of things that he saw in his feedback that he tweaked. And I know that when he did that lab again, it went absolutely superb, went like clockwork. So yeah, you know, you, you want to give this, you know, you're here for a reason and the reason is that you're here for the attendees. Yes. So you want to make sure that you give them the best possible delivery and content yeah. you can and having that kind of system where you get the feedback after your classes I think is, is, is fantastic. Yeah, no, it's been great. So again, I want to thank Adobe. Last week, I want to thank. Uh, we went when I went to Portland. I want to thank a hey, Nick, my boss, mm -hmm. who's legend. Who I've met for the first time. Met for the what first a top time. fella. What yeah. a really nice guy. Um, I love. You know, I love working for a Stu. It's been really great, and I'm blessed to have been out here for two weeks and, and working for a Stu, and also being able to do my own thing. You got your job with the Stu from coming to Max. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got, yeah, I got the job from coming to San Diego Max. So it all comes full circle. Uh, Portland last week. Obviously, thank you to Aaron Draplin. I got to spend some great time with him. I uh, also got to meet some other design people I admire, Lincoln Design, Nemo Design, uh, Dustin Lee from Retro Supply. If you use Photoshop and Illustrator and you love brushes, textures, resources, Dustin Lee, RetroSupply.co, go and see him. 
we went to the Wacom Center and Wacom were really gracious and helped us out. That was really cool. Everyone at Max who came up to me, Nick jokes, he says, everyone seemed, I, I seem to be one degree away from anybody. Every time we went up and met someone, they knew me or we had a mutual friend. But yeah, to all the people who came up and said they love the podcast or mm, yes. they love astute graphics, uh, new friends, old friends, the guys from Jack Prince who you met who've got <laughs> so much energy. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, there's some lovely people there. And, and thank you to everyone for their hospitality and for all the people we hung out with yeah. for, for putting up with us too. 10 out of 10, superb week, can't wait. Fingers crossed for next time. Yeah, cool. Right, right. let's get to the airport. Yeah, let's go, mate. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Cheers now. Cheers. Cheers.